Love the haiku. Love the sonnet. Love the quatrain and the couplet. Love the words. From East Leeds FM. in the sky and the oranges in the sea writing on air from east leeds fm good afternoon Good afternoon, good evening, it's welcome to Chapel FM for the last day and the last evening actually of Writing on Air 2022. Lovely to see people here in the studio, but also people listening obviously, and this is being live streamed as well. So uh, you can listen to everything, all 60 hours almost of broadcasting that we've done this week again, by the time that Elliot has put it up on the website when he's had a few days off. (laughs) So it's been a lovely day so far. Later on we We've got Yaffle Press. Uh, thank you so much to Wordship. They were brilliant. And later on this evening, last thing, we've got Tower of Song. Twelve, I think. Song. How many, Nikki? It's twelve. Twelve. Fingers crossed. Twelve fantastic songwriters presenting songs on the theme of home. But first of all, this wonderful thing we're about to witness: the poetry super tram. Once upon a time in Leeds, the city leaders embarked on an ambitious project to provide an integrated mass transit system. In 1993, to be exact and in quite a few other years as well, but for the purposes of this narrative, 1993. It wasn't just a tram, it was a super tram. And it was so super that after 12 years and 40 million pounds, the project was cancelled. 113 years prior to the cancellation of the Leeds super tram project, Alfred Lord Tennyson died. Ah. Alfred Lord Tennyson was a poet who, unlike Supertram, was quite successful. So successful, in fact, that Queen Victoria appointed him to the post of Poet Laureate. Being dead doesn't necessarily stop you being a poet, but the rules of the Poet Laureateship stipulate that you can't continue doing it if you were dead. So in 1892, the search was on to find Alfred Lord Tennyson's successor. Alfred Lord Tennyson was so popular that people argued for four years about who should replace him. Finally, another Alfred, Alfred Austin, was appointed. Hooray! Alfred Austin was from Leeds. Just like everyone else in Leeds, he never lived to see Supertram become a reality. (laughs) 
But this, dear listeners, is radio, and we can create our own reality. So we're resurrecting the Loyna Laureate and climbing aboard the never-built super tram for a literary tour of Leeds, where every stop will tell you something you didn't know you needed to know. Or had forgotten you ever knew. About Leeds. All aboard the Leeds super tram, the most spectacular, the most efficient, the most celebrated urban transportation system in the world. Hooray for super tram! You must be former poet laureate Alfred Austin, born Headingley, Leeds, 1835, died Ashford, Kent, 1913, poet, novelist, dramatist, barrister, alumnus of the University of London, unsuccessful Conservative Party parliamentary candidate for the constituency of Taunton, and super tram conductor. Citation needed. I am he... But what's this you said about dying? You don't look like I expected you to look. This is radio. Nobody can see me. Good point. It's lucky we don't have a studio audience or a live video stream. (laughs) Is the whole thing going to be as indulgently self-referential as this? Yes. (laughs) And am I to assume that Alfred is going to be the one... Presenting the poetry tour? I'm afraid I can't do that. For one thing, it's specifically prohibited for a public transport employee to write or recite poems whilst on duty. Secondly, I've had writer's block for 109 years. Ever since you died? Again, what is this about dying? Never mind. So you won't be doing any poems? No, I will be conducting the super tram, making sure that the service runs within an average 10% margin of timeliness and ensuring the safety and well-being of passengers so long as that does not prevent profits from being fully maximised. Someone else will have to do the poems. I don't suppose you happen to know any poems about Leeds? As it happens, we are all poets. Well, all three of you? It is statistically unlikely that that would be the case within a representative sample of the population, but yes. Will I have heard of you? Probably not. I'm Ian. And I'm William. And I'm William. Two Williams? No, I read the wrong line. (laughs) I'm Joe. It's my great pleasure to meet you, fellow poets. Likewise. So where do we begin this Supertram Odyssey? Well, like any city with a modern integrated transport network, Leeds, of course, has a central hub where all the different travel systems coalesce in a single location. So you wouldn't say, to use a purely hypothetical example, that the bus station is three quarters of a mile from the train station? (laughs) Well, of course not. That would be unthinkable in one of Europe's largest cities. Everything comes together at Leeds City Station. Do you know how many rail platforms there are at Leeds Station? Yeah, I do. As a public transport professional, I like to keep abreast of such things. There are 17. Incorrect. Really? There were 17 until 2021 when a new platform was opened, and they called it... Platform 18. 
No, they called it Platform Zero. <clears throat> On Platform Zero, the tannoy says the next train departing is the 826 to oblivion, calling it emptiness, nihilism and existential dread. This train has no carriages. Please mind the gap between illusion and reality. If you require assistance, stand on a chair and scream. On platform zero, a man has been waiting for the 1044 to Scarborough for 87 days. To pass the time, he has grown a beard and memorised the names of every Secretary of State for Transport since 1919. The information screen says, on time. On Platform Zero, the 12.15 to London King's Cross has been replaced by the 16.22 to Inverness. The tannoy says they apologise for any convenience. Please wait for the doors to open before boarding the train. First-class passengers are advised to go somewhere else. <laughs> On Platform Zero, you can view the plans for Northern Powerhouse Rail and the HS2 extension, which will definitely be completed by 2048 latest, unless it is delayed by planned engineering works or llamas on the line or societal collapse or unprecedented coastal erosion. On Platform Zero, they are building Platform Minus One. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. A wonderfully strange start to our super tram voyage. It behoves me to point out, however, that your poem does not rhyme. Poems don't have to rhyme anymore. We call it free verse. Ah, I see. That must make writing them a lot easier. <laughs> yes and no. Well, uh, uh, now that the poetry has begun, I'm, I'm feeling a stirring of inspiration... As you mentioned earlier, I am trained in the legal profession, and having thoroughly investigated the terms of my Supertram contract, I have determined that they do allow the recital of a poem of a maximum of four lines with a strict AABB rhyme scheme. <clears throat> May I? Go on, then. <clears throat> this station is a busy place. All full of trains that wears and race. They take the people here and there while I look on and simply stare. <coughs> what do you think? Hmm? I think that you have not breached the terms of your contract. Much obliged. Now, you mentioned that Northern Powerhouse Rail, Joe. What is that? It's a project designed to reduce the time spent on commuter journeys and encourage people to move away from reliance on private vehicles. Ah, just like Supertram. And I trust it will prove to be equally successful. So far, it is precisely as successful as Supertram. Oh, splendid. So where are we going now? We can go anywhere you want. That's the beauty of Supertram. It connects every single location in the Leeds metropolitan area, from Farnley to Weatherby, from Bramhope to Swillington, and everywhere in between. Otley? No. <laughs> we don't go to Otley. Too many poets. 
You still have to get the X84 bus if you want to go to Otley. So tell me, gentlemen, where would you like to go? I would like to go and see the rhinos. Rhinos? What rhinos? I think he means the Leeds rhinos. <laughs> My dear boy, rhinos live only in the colonies. Damn pests they are. Now, I'm pleased to say that I've done my bit by shooting a few of the buggers myself. <laughs> I can assure you there are no rhinoceri in Leeds. They're a rugby team, Alfred. The Leeds rhinos. Ah! Rugby football. A glorious gentleman's game played strictly by amateurs in our public schools purely for the love of it. Fifteen men aside, five points for a try. Not, not exactly, no. This is rugby league. Ah, you mean the schism. Yes. Arguments about whether rugby clubs should be allowed to employ professional players led to the sport splitting into two divergent codes, league and union, in 1895. The professional league format was favoured by most of the northern clubs, including Leeds, formed in 1870 as Leeds St John's and based at Headingley Stadium after it opened in 1890. Since when did you know so much about the history of rugby? Since I read the script. <laughs> I don't follow rugby, but I do admire the players. You did admire the players until they took out a restraining order. <laughs> They've got massive... Commitment to the game. <laughs> and they get covered in mud. Have a drink of water, Ian. Find yourself with the script. Is the whole thing going to be as indulgently self-referential? Yes. yes. But, but what does all this have to do with the aforementioned rhinoceri? The club was renamed Leeds Rhinos in 1997 following the formation of the Super League. The Super League, you say? Is the Super League as super as the Super Tram? Arguable. <laughs> anyway, the Rhinos won't be playing today. It's November. Be that as it may, I would nevertheless like to visit Headingley Stadium for nostalgic reasons. I am more than happy to revisit Headingley, the place of my birth. To Headingley Stadium we go. A boring chant, we're Leeds Rhinos. A boring chant, we're Leeds Rhinos. Repeat ad nauseam, Rhinos. Should have been there with my Jared. We've won from fifth. We're Leeds Rhinos With my Jared I could go far Without Jared I will keep on A boring chant We're Leeds Rhinos Jared is still a Leeds Rhino When he played prop You kept away we're Leeds Rhinos, a boring chant. Jared is still a Leeds Rhino. Our favourite place at Headingley. Open terrace at Headingley. Seventeen pounds at Headingley. Burger and chips 
at Headingley. I took him there, I took him home. We saw some twats, Lee Centurions, polished breastplates, Lee Centurions. John Wells walked past, needed a piss. A boring chant where Leeds rhinos back on the train, Wakefield Westgate. I took my son to rugby league, never been more proud any time. I took my son to rugby league, glory hunter, glory hunter, glory hunted and glory found, glory hunted and glory found. The glory was not treble one, the glory was Jared's reaction. He's... Is, is that the end? No, it goes on for another 40 lines. Yes, of course that's the end. That's why I stopped. More of a song than a poem, wouldn't you say? Uh, the boundaries are fluid. Well, well, don't worry. I have come up with a proper poem to make up for all that. <clears throat> Upon this field of mud and green Are sporting heroes oft are seen The ball is kicked, a try is scored The audience is never bored Shall we move on? Yes. Yes. Uh, we haven't had a poem from you yet, young Ian. Is there somewhere you would like to go? Yes, I know where we should go next. Did you know that moving pictures were invented in Leeds? Moving pictures, eh? I, I've heard of those. I don't think they'll ever catch on. I didn't know they were invented in Leeds. Tell me more. I will, if you take us to Broadcasting Place. Your wish is my contractual obligation. Next up, Broadcasting Place. Great heavens. Well, this place has changed somewhat. When were you last in Leeds? 1895. Uh, what's that rusting hulk? That's Broadcasting Tower, sometimes known as the Rusty Building. One of the tallest buildings in Leeds. Is it meant to look like that? The sterling prize-winning architects... Filed and Clegg Bradley clad the tower in weathering steel alloy, which forms a stable, rust-like appearance after several years' exposure to weather. How extraordinary. Wait until you see the revolving art installation over the road. And over here, at the foot of the tower, is Old Broadcasting House, which used to be the local headquarters of the BBC. This whole site is part of Leeds Beckett University now, but back in the 19th century, it was the location of the workshop of Louis Le Prince, probably the first person to shoot a moving picture sequence using a single-lens camera. Which he did, here in Leeds, in the autumn of 1888. You are sitting in the stalls at the Hyde Park Picture House. In front of you, there is a stage, or what looks like a stage... There are red velvet curtains that could open at any moment. But the auditorium is in darkness. Other people are sitting there too, in the dark, waiting, staring straight ahead, still as family portraits. 
No one smiles. Then the curtains part, and instead of a set, instead of a drawing room or a street scene with flower sellers and an organ grinder, there is a flat screen, like a window. A man with enormous moustaches walks out onto the stage. He looks into the stalls, the gods. Then a beam of light slices through the darkness. The window behind him comes alive with moving shapes. And the shapes are people and places. Traffic teeming over Leeds Bridge. Your family waving at you out of the light. You staring back at yourself from a room you don't recognise. Then a family in a garden dances round and round in a circle. Round and round and the man turns and watches. Turns to watch his family on the screen and smiles. They are long dead. The man on the stage is long dead. They are long dead and enraptured and dancing to music only they can hear. Everyone starts to smile. An excellent poem, Ian. <laughs> Poems that don't rhyme are beginning to grow on me. I think I still prefer the rhyming ones, though. Uh, let me try one. Uh, <clears throat> In this place of history, there is a sense of mystery. Beneath these spires of browny orange, uh, orange, 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 lozenge. No, thank you. I'm just trying to think of a word that rhymes with orange. It's quite tricky. I can certainly see the appeal of this so-called free verse. You should give it a try sometime. Uh, but perhaps I will. I must say, I am surprised that Leeds doesn't make more of a brouhaha about its place in the history of these moving images. You'd have thought we would, and that Louis Le Prince would be better known. He disappeared in mysterious circumstances in 1890 and was never seen again. Really? What happened? No one knows for sure, but some theories implicate Thomas Edison, who also claimed the invention of the motion picture camera. Remarkable! This blue plaque here and another one by Leeds Bridge are the only public acknowledgements of Le Prince's work in Leeds. There ought to be another one in Roundhay, where he filmed Roundhay Garden Scene. Roundhay is currently more famous for once being the home of the worst Prime Minister in the history of the UK. Asterisk. Why did you say asterisk? There's an asterisk in the script. Uh, that's because we wrote the script three days ago. And a lot could have happened since then. <laughs> Is the whole thing going yes. to... Yes. yes. Are there any other famous people who lived in Roundhay? Don't think so. Are you sure? I can't think of any. Nobody at all? Nobody at all. <clears throat> <clears throat> Moving on. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, fair enough. Alfred, if you take us to Round A Park, I'll tell you a story about it. Oh, I'm eager to hear about it. Round A Park it is. Here we are, Round A Park. This tram really is very fast. Well, of course. It's the most super, super tram in the West Yorkshire Combined Authority. Hooray for Super Tram! Now tell me, William, what's this story? 
At the end of the First World War... The what? It would take too long to explain. <laughs> At the end of the First World War, when the demobbed soldiers returned to Britain from France and Belgium, the British Army made a very bad job of reclaiming their equipment, so many former conscripts found themselves with a rifle in their house. They deliberately kept them because many of the men were afraid that they would return to a life of unemployment. A .303 rifle is a useful thing to have if you need to hold up the local post office. High alarming. Indeed. The police in Leeds eventually held an amnesty and collected hundreds of Great War weapons, which they disposed of by sinking them into the Waterloo Lake in Roundhay Park. When the ducks in Roundhay Park found the rifles... We marched at dawn, met little resistance from early rising. Joggers drew a startled bark from a leash-loose terrier, proceeded west-northwest. First we took the bandstand, Lee Enfield slung under our wings, established a forward base, laid siege to the Roundhay Fox. The landlord did his best to hold out till opening time, waiting for backup from early doors militia, but fell before their arrival. We occupied the building, struck maple-glazed chicken wings from the menu, bedded in, turned our bills to Prince's Avenue, tropical world, advanced over the Pelican Crossing, stormed the walls, took the gift shop, liberated lorikeets, ibises, bitterns, ignore the meerkats, forget the tamarins, fight your own battles, mammals. This is an avian intervention. We have no time for your class. Mission accomplished, our forces withdrew, sunk the guns back in Waterloo Lake. We are not violent creatures, but we will fight for our brothers. Did that really happen? Probably not exactly in that manner. Isn't it the job of the poet to observe his surroundings and express them as a beautiful truth? No. no. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> let's see. Near Roundhay Park, there is a lake. With carp and bream, near hake. For hake be a fish of salty water who dwells in oceans where he ought to. Have you been reading Spike Milligan? Who? You silly, twisted boy, you. I hate to interrupt, but I have an important question. What is it? Does anyone fancy a pint? Yes. Always. I enjoy a snifter as much as the next man, but sadly these days it appears that partaking while at work is frowned upon. Not if you're a poet. But perhaps not, but today I am primarily a super tram conductor, not a poet. I am happy, of course, to take you without further delay to the establishment of your choice. I assume you are members of a gentleman's club. I am, in a way. <laughs> but not the kind you're thinking of. I've got an original Oak loyalty card. I'm a member of the Leeds Library. I'm member number two. Anyway, where are we going? How about Coal Lane? Ah, Coal Lane. A place of industry, the dock. The factories... It's, it's not really like that now. It isn't? Let us go and see. Nigh departing for Gore Lane. So, as you can see... My goodness! 
What is all of this? Bars, mainly. Drinking dens? Yes. Why are there so many? There's a lot of demand. Well, I, I see we have another of these blue plaques here on this building. The new penny. Hmm, let's see. Uh, one of the longest continually running L, G, B, and T asterisks venues in the UK. Uh, w what does it all mean? It would take too long to explain. <laughs> well, it seems very popular, whatever it is. Now, I can't believe the number of people there are filling up these hostelries drinking without shame. And many of them women, I think. You should see it on a Friday night. The Call Lane Mystery. You IT consultant sales temps in HR. As you submit your timesheet, feel the pull of a bar. Gravitational forces are taking you there. Ask Sarah from Legal for a date if you dare. Don't ask if she's joking just because she says yes. Don't worry that your work clothes look a bit of a mess, nor that Sarah earns two and a half times your basic salary. Be content she's on time for your meet outside the gallery. You down many shots. You have now got the hots. Remember, she doesn't like sport. Oh, is that her leaning in? Hope you don't smell of gin. Why do we always end up in a porto? Oh, excellent, William. At last one of you has managed to write a poem that rhymes. We'll make proper poets of you yet. It's something to aspire to. Well, while you're doing that, I came up with one of my own. Weren't you listening? Well, enough to get the gist. <clears throat> but what I have composed is not a four-line poem. It is an eight-line poem, a breach of the terms of my contract, you, you won't report me to my super-tramp supervisors, will you? That depends very much on the nature of the poem. <clears throat> there rumbles a tremendous rumble from this city of fire and smoke. Be thankful ye are not humble, else ye will probably choke. Tis best to be wealthy, my friend, spite what the preachers say. So fill thy boots and make lots of lolly, and so concludes my lay. I wish to make a complaint. Upheld. Apt sentiments for the unsuccessful Conservative Party parliamentary candidate for the constituency of Taunton. I came forth. But money makes the world go round, my boy. And the wealthier the wealthy get, the more money finds its way naturally into the pockets of every household, however lowly. We have a name for that now. It's called trickle-down economics. And there's only one problem with the trickle-down economics theory. And what is that? It's total and utter... I'll be leaving already. I haven't finished my drink. We are, but as no journey has been specified at the point of ringing the bell, the wondrous, magical super tram has chosen a destination at random. I know where we are. This is Darfield Avenue in Hare Hills. This is where my great-grandparents lived and where my grandma grew up. Then perhaps this election of destination was not so random at all. 
I wrote a poem about this street. It's about the census record and the strange feeling of using Google Earth to visit places you've never been. Using what? It would take too long to explain. The sky is stitched together from different days. Google drives past and there's a digger picking a scab, scraping back tarmac to the cobbles, barefaced in the sunshine. I zoom in past the traffic cones, past the woman in a headscarf taking the kids to school, to the room my grandma was born in. That night someone came running and it's funny how I remember her hands. Her face is a blur, like the number on the door, like the woman walking past the step where the man stood on census night. My great-granddad was letting the cold in, and my grandma kept hold of his hand as he said their names. She looked back as the man wrote their dates down, stared back at the arrows on the road, stared back at the black tarmac ink. Another excellent poem, Ian, but I don't understand what this oogle is. You must tell me about it sometime. It might be better for you not to know. I don't think you could cope with what you'd find. This might be a stupid question. There are no stupid questions, only stupid answers. Is that true? No, it's bollocks. There are lots of stupid questions. Is Covid real might be an example. (laughs) And this is probably another one of them. Can the super tram get to the canal? That does sound like a stupid question. Not stupid in the least. Not only can the super tram get to the canal, it can travel on the canal. On it? Absolutely. This is the super tram. It can travel by air, sea and land. By sea, you say? Yes, indeed. Are there many seas in the Leeds metropolitan area? Well, not currently, but if and when there are, the super tram will be able to navigate them. Then I'd like to go to the canal, please. Which one? The Leeds and Liverpool Canal. Ah, the new one. Is it new? Yes, it was only completed in 1816, though stretches of it were open well before then. It took 46 years to build it. Why so long? It was heavily delayed due to funding issues and arguments about the route. Fortunately, that sort of thing doesn't happen with transport infrastructure projects nowadays. You all aboard the super tram for the Leeds-Liverpool Canal. On the towpath by the marina, on the Leeds-Liverpool Canal, not far beyond the graffiti advising that Nat has herpes, a man is walking with geese a pair of them obediently padding alongside him, apparently oblivious to bicycles, dogs and me. He is listening to an audiobook of Lord of the Rings without the discretion of headphones in order that the geese can enjoy the story too. They nod their heads as Frodo reads Gandalf's letter at the prancing pony. I overtake the fellowship, swishing at flying insects determined to land on my face, hugging the towpath's edge, remembering the goose that bits me and my sister in Sherwood Forest 40 years ago. Humans are 60% water. For people who live in a marina, I guess it's a bit more, maybe 75 to 80%, which is probably about the same as the Leeds-Liverpool Canal. If I pushed this guy in, I reckon he would float. And the geese would jump in after him. If not to rescue their master, then to hear the next bits of the story 
where Frodo gets stabbed by the Nazgul. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read it. I should have said that earlier. But you probably have read it or at least seen the film. Unless you are a goose. Is that it? Yes. There are quite a few things I don't understand, but so be it. You seem to have a lot of poems about waterfowl, Joe. Just those two, I think, but maybe I should make it my thing. Uh, I would have liked to hear more about Nat. I'm afraid I don't know anything about her. Only that she has herpes. We don't have any reliable evidence for that claim. I see no reason to be sceptical, but no matter... Uh, is it my turn again now? We do still have quite a bit to fit in, and you've already done... The boats go up, the boats go down, from lock to lock, from time to time, bearing limestone, coal and cloth, I watch them while I eat my broth. You watch them while you eat your broth? Yes, don't you? Not usually. There aren't many boats to watch nowadays, for one thing. Then what is the purpose of the canal? Disposing of shopping trolleys. Solvent abuse. And it's a nice place to walk <laughs> at night. Why walk when we have the super tram? In the context of having to fit all this rubbish into a 45-minute radio programme, that's a fair point. Is the whole thing going... Yes. yes! On that note, it's probably time we moved on. Will the super tram go as far as Bramham Park? Of course. It can go anywhere in the Leeds metropolitan area. Except Otley. Except Otley. Far too many poets. But Bramham Park, that is a possible. Uh, I don't know why anyone would go there, but if you insist, next stop, Bramham Park. Now tell me, why on earth would you want to come here? The last I heard, the place was a derelict wreck. For most of your lifetime. My lifetime? Don't worry about it. For most of the 19th century, the house at Bramham Park was derelict after a fire destroyed the building in 1828. Yeah, it's right. But the building was restored in the early 20th century, and Bramham Park is now one of the largest private estates in Yorkshire. More importantly, and more famously, since 2003, it has been the home of the Leeds Festival. What's that? A music festival. Ah, you mean one of those events where some of the world's finest orchestras come and perform the work of the greatest composers in history. Define orchestra. Define composer. But yes, with more mud. And more piss. He went to Leeds with a tent, he did. With a tent, he went to Leeds. In spite of all his mum could say on an August morn on a stormy day, for five days he went to Leeds. And when the tent got covered with loam and everyone cried, you should have stayed home, he called aloud. My tent ain't clean but I don't care a button, I don't care a bean. In a tent, I'll go to Leeds. Far and few, far and few are the things that Jared meant. His ears were pierced, his jewellery black, and he went to Leeds with a tent. He 
it really is a terrible tragedy that so many people are still living in tents instead of having a proper home. Remind me of what party you represented when unsuccessfully standing for Parliament, Alfred? The Conservative Party. Britain deserves better. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> he didn't live in a tent. He stayed in a tent for five days. Then he went back to living in his house. Were there no hotels? Uh, not for 80,000 people, no. Uh, I see. Anyway, may I... Uh... We really need to... <clears throat> if music be the food of love... I think someone's used that line already, Alfred. Was it someone who was poet laureate? No, but... Well, then I hardly think their work will be as well regarded or as well remembered as mine. If you will let me continue. <clears throat> if music be the food of love, then I should eat it with a dove, a bird of peace, and when I eat the gift of peace, is what I seek. Really? What? Alfred. Yes? Are you doing this on purpose? I don't know what you're talking about. I think we should probably leave this discussion here because I think we might just have time to fit in one more destination and one more poem. Time is of no consequence, Ian. The super tram runs at all times every day of the week. 24-7. Why is Joe saying numbers? As I was saying, at all times, every day, and for some reason, I do not need to eat or sleep anymore, so I can go keep going all the time too. But Chapel FM Arts Centre does need to close at some point. Is the whole thing... Oh, never mind. We do need to get on with it. I have a train to catch. And I'm doing a bottomless brunch with my boyfriend. Boyfriend? Think two confirmed bachelors with a mutual love of musical theatre. Um, I, I see. Mm. But anyway, William, you don't need a train. You have super tram. I live in Wakefield. Ah, uh, then I can't help you. Tell me, gentlemen, what do you wish to be your final destination? Could you take us to Kirgit, please, Alfred? Back to the heart of the metropolis... For more drinking and cavorting, I suppose? No. Ah, a pity. There aren't as many bars in that part of town. The whole city isn't completely full of drunk people, you know. Only on Saturdays. I'll take your word for it. Good gate it is. Are we going to Wapentake? No. The Duck and Drake? No. Then why are we here? Because here... In between the White Cloth Hall and the Corn Exchange, there used to be a pub called the Crown and Fleece. Why have you brought us to a pub that doesn't exist anymore? Because next to that old pub, there used to be two stone skulls carved into the wall of what was once a ramshackle old hayloft. Skulls? Why skulls? There are a few conflicting explanations for that, and nobody really knows for sure, but one story in particular has struck. I sense a poem approaching. Heavy night. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the hayloft where the two lads bedded down after a night out. Story goes to avoid being press-ganged. 
They suffocated under the straw, and when they woke up, they were alive, and the hay was a cornfield. When they woke up, the field was all ears, beer in their bellies, a thirst. They had been talking in their sleep, dreaming that there were two skulls leaning into Saturday night. They both have the same dream, that they are skulls fighting for breath, that they are sharing the same breath, that as one breathes in, the other breathes out. Is it dead weight of grass pressing them down? Soil standing upright, water and the shadow of water leaning over the pair of them as they dream they are stuck in a crowd of people pressing in, their voices drowned out and their faces turning into stone. I mysterious. Yes. It made me feel rather queer. Alfred. Yes. Calm down. So, sorry. So, so the skulls were the skulls of the two men who died? It, not their actual skulls, but stone skulls created in their memory. Are the skulls still there? No. The owners of the building moved to new premises in the 60s and they decided to take the skulls with them and add them to their new home. You can still see them, though, on the wall of that building up on Buslingthorpe Lane. Do I have time for one more? Is it a short one? Just the usual four-liner. Go on, then. If you must. <clears throat> skulls to the left, skulls to the right. Today I had a dreadful fright. Skulls at the bottom, skulls at the top. I hope this nightmare soon will stop. Don't worry, when Ellie finished... Uh, yes, you said this would be your final destination. I wish we could continue our journey. I have enjoyed meeting you all and finding out more about the city. I thought I knew. Always leave the audience wanting more. I think they probably stopped listening after about page 12. <laughs> Is the whole thing going to be as yes, indulgent? I have accepted and embraced that notion. I hope we will keep in touch. I would like to think I can call you my friends. Are you on Twitter? And what, pray, is that? It takes too long to explain. <laughs> I don't think we can be friends, Alfred. Oh, don't you like me? It's not that. Then what is it? The thing is, you're nothing more than a fictionalised character based on a little-known historical figure. Little-known? About whom we've done some fairly cursory research using Wikipedia, which is something else that would take too long to explain. <laughs> and to whom we've applied lazy stereotypes based on your age and social class. I see. I've grown to quite like you, for what that's worth. Oh, you have? Yes, but as part of the cursory research, we read some of your poetry. And? It's terrible. I was the poet laureate. So was Andrew Motion. Well, perhaps one of you will be poet laureate someday. No, I don't think so. I would rather have my tongue bitten off by a raven. So, what happens now? I have to get that train. I'm getting a bus. Me too. Don't you want to take the super tram? Am I a, a terrible super tram conductor as well as a terrible poet? No, you're a very good super tram conductor. You're a much better super tram conductor than you are a poet. Thank you, I think. 
But the super tram isn't real. Not real. No, it is merely a dramatic conceit employed as a linking narrative device. And just one of many abandoned projects that exemplifies the failure of successive governments to keep their promises about improving the quality of life of people here in Leeds and in other northern cities and towns. For the moment, at least, they're calling it levelling up. This, this is all very confusing. I suddenly feel rather sad. So do I. And me. I wasn't expecting this to have such a bleak ending. Well, should we finish with a song? I think we should. Splendid. Super Tram, Super Tram, it's the poetry Super Tram. Super Tram, Super Tram, it's the poetry Super Tram. Ah, poetry Super Tram. Poetry Super Tram. The poetry Super Tram starred Irene Lofthouse as Alfred Austin with Ian Harker, William Thurskaskell and Joe Williams as themselves. Them three also wrote it. Homemade, home baked, writing on air at Chapel FM Arts Centre. Love the cases. Love the clauses. Love the adverbs and the antecedents. Love the words. From ELFM. Number 